Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Up next, Out Loud with John O'Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Remember when Joe Biden was supposed to be the man to bring the American people together? The moderate savior who would unify this country? Yeah, I don't believe any of that either, and neither did I believe it to begin with. This is Out Loud with John O'Caldwell. Welcome back to Outlaw with Gianno Caldwell. I'm really excited for this week's show. My guest is Brian Kilmeade, one of the most well-known political commentators in America today. Brian hosts a nationally syndicated radio show, The Brian Kilmeade Show, weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon on Fox News Radio. You can also see him each weekday as the co-host of Fox and Friends. Beyond radio and television, Brian is a New York Times bestselling author who has written several books on American history, including his most recent book, Sam Houston and the Alamo Avengers, the Texas victory that changed American history. Today, Brian and I are going to talk about the biggest issues of the day, immigration, race, politics, culture, and much more. Let's go. Today on Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell, I have a very, very special guest, someone who's a bit of a mentor to me, someone who endorsed my book, Taken for Granted, and he was one of the first ones to say, absolutely, I'll do it. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, thank you for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to have you on. Uh, go get him, Gianna. Congratulations on all your success. Uh, thank you so, so much. So I want to start uh, by talking about Prince Philip. As everyone knows, it was breaking news last Friday that uh, Prince Philip had passed. And I know that there was a a bit of a, a flare from the mainstream media suggesting that you um, said that he might have uh, died because of the Meghan Markle interview with uh, Oprah Winfrey and, and Prince Harry. They say that you're saying that it contributed to it. Can you run us through w- what your comments were? Uh, you mean on the show? Yes, on the Fox and Friends. The timing's terrible. I mean, if, if that's my grandfather in the freaking hospital, I wait on the interview or don't publish it. And evidently he was outraged by it. So it's part of the story. So that's why I speak spoken about it. Yeah, and the media is running crazy with it. I want to talk about your trip to Texas uh, of not long ago. I guess it was last week. Uh, you went to Texas and you did a tour with Commissioner George P. Bush. What did you learn from your trip uh, to Texas? For people not in Texas, it's not a big position. 
for people who live in Texas, it's a huge position because literally it's the land. It's the development of the land, uh, especially for uh, oil, gas, wind, solar. Uh, when you talk about uh, developments, uh, industrialization, ports. So it's a launching pad for a career. And he obviously is an extremely ambitious but humble guy, typical Bush. And what he's saying is, I'm fighting. Uh, when they, when Joe Biden opened up those books and signed those executive order, putting a pause on oil and gas, and his job is to say, that's unconstitutional. We got to stay here. Uh, we got to be able to do this. And please give me a reason why you're pausing this. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that when you pause oil and gas on federal land, you're destroying Wyoming and New Mexico because Wyoming is something like 70 percent of their land is federally owned and 35 to 40 percent is New Mexico. And that's a Democratic run state right now. Why would you first destroy them with border issues? And number one and number two, come back and say, well, you still make a living. And what are you talking about? Because this is agenda driven. Now it's in the best interest of the people in the country. Because if you want, you could tell everyone to stop with oil and gas. Let's do that. Let's feel great about ourselves. Just so you know, we're going to be buying it from the Middle East, Saudi Arabia, which obviously they have a problem with, and then Russia, who I don't know if you've heard, they're not the best neighbors. So now we're going to be buying from them, fattening up their accounts instead of making Americans successful. So I want to go out and cover that story and find out the human cost. And the human cost is tremendous. So immediately it's affecting the economy. During your trip in, in Texas, I know you also discussed immigration while you were there. Fox News recently reported on the ranchers in places like Texas and Arizona finding bodies of dead immigrants on their properties. We know many people in Central America have been encouraged to try to enter America illegally because Joe Biden is in office. What do you make of the Biden administration's immigration policies and what lessons, if any, should we learn from the Trump administration on immigration? Well, I'll tell you what, whatever you think about the Trump administration, they admitted there was a problem. They made mistakes. They fired people. They hired people. They moved it through. They went through two secretary of defenses. They uh, went into other areas. Uh, they were trying. And then when you showed up, the Border Patrol was allowed to take you through. I mean, I was literally doing interviews with the Border Patrol while people were walking up on them, families wow. were turning themselves in. So I don't feel like I was being lied to. I was seeing a situation that needed to be handled, and they couldn't find a way. But eventually they got it right. They remained in Mexico. With Mexico's cooperation was genius. The way the president said, I'm going to put tariffs on you unless you start reigning in your, your southern border. And they said, well, in turn, I will give you financing to let these people ap uh, apply for citizenship in your country. And then we'll decide if they stay coming to our country. And they said, all right. And then they put 20,000 troops on their southern border. They said that was impossible. Then they passed this other rule that says if you're going to apply for citizenship in America, the first country you cross into is where you apply. So mm. they were crossing into the next country and applying. Okay. And then they went ahead and started building the wall that doesn't work, that everyone needs. So they were doing it. And then things dropped dramatically to the point where I'm saying to myself, why is Trump not running on this? Like, why is he not bringing up that we quieted down the border? But what happened is it became a non-issue. Almost reminds me of when McCain got the nomination. It's because he supported the surge in Iraq and we eradicated ISIS or were en route to eradicating ISIS there. But by the time he got the nomination, was running for president, the big issue was the crashing of the economy. I almost felt like Trump 
you fix the trade, you fix the border too quick. It's not even on people's minds anymore. So there is so much that Biden's doing that is wrong. Saying I'm being a humanitarian by letting kids stay here is inviting tens of thousands to come here and risk their lives to get here and to drown in the Rio Grande River en route or to be taken advantage of by coyotes or having family say the best thing I could do for my kid is to sell my house and send my kid to America because he gets to stay. So everything they're doing is so short-sighted. And the fact that they're ignoring it, the vice president's refusing to do anything except make one phone call, they're getting a total pass on it. Yeah, and they're they're projecting that there is going to be over 200,000 unaccompanied children coming to the southern border, and we're not hearing a whole lot of conversation about that. So it provides a... a problematic status for the country continuously because you're bringing people in, you're inviting them in as Joe Biden did. And certainly he's endangering these families. Uh, John, they're not letting us talk to the border patrol people. They're not letting us into the facilities. Why is this media so compliant? Why are they okay getting the Heisman? Well, where's the anger? I mean, okay, you don't like Trump and you're Democrats. I get it. If that's the case, it clearly is the case. But don't you have pride in what you do? I mean, as I said, Trump was willing to have a bad story told because he didn't think he was to blame and he was trying to fix it. Whatever. I had access. I literally, they said to me, I could fly down with the Secretary of Defense and do whatever story I want. I flew down there on the the Secretary of Defense's plane and they talked about how they were going to use both the uh, Defense Department funds and HHS funds in order to stop immigration. But they didn't tell me, make it a positive story. I said, let me just tell the story. They go, okay, yeah, if you want, you could hop on their plane. And I was able to do interviews on the plane on the way down there. Now, I don't, I don't think not only couldn't you do that now, you're not even allowed to talk to a border patrol person. If they're caught communicating with you, they get fired. Wow. So things have changed extraordinarily in terms of getting the story out. We haven't seen people like AOC makes some of these bizarre and extreme comments that she made with regards to the Trump administration, even though the Biden administration uh, has really encouraged the, the, the displacements of these children. So there's no safety. They're just coming over. And you got a lot of smugglers still in the space that are profiting off these families is really disgusting. Well, you're paying taxes on a daily basis. You got to buy something. You're paying taxes. You're writing a check at the end of the year. You're paying taxes. Uh, you know, you work, you know, how hard you work to get this job. Uh, if you sell a sponsorship on this job, you get a percentage of it. But if you ever get pay, paid as a freelancer, uh, which uh, when you do a book or a speech, you get paid as a freelancer. They don't take any taxes out. That's when you understand how much of your paycheck goes to taxes. And now in New York, 52 percent of all your money is going to taxes if you're in the higher tax bracket. Fifty two percent. Wow. Why am I working for half the year? All right, but I understand you got to do taxes, you got to get roads, you got to get subways. I get it. But 52% is totally out of control, highest in the country. If you are writing tag, uh, checks on these taxes at the at, around now every year, how do you feel about New York putting $2.2 billion worth of some of which is your tax money aside for people here illegally? So now they're getting up to 16000 to come here. It's a magnet. Number two, I've never seen something to, to qualify. You have to prove that you don't exist. 
I promise you, I don't have any ID and I snuck in here. Please give me $16,000. What country can afford to do that? Can I answer that? None. What country would do that? <laughs> None that wanted to be successful and sustainable. And now we're 30 to $30 trillion in debt. People say, well, you're, you're a rich country. You should be able to. No, we're not. We're, we're overspending our budget. And if I'm going to overspend, it's not going to be because I'm going to the clubs and partying and taking limos home. It's going to be because I'm doing something that's going to benefit your life. And sometimes you're overdrawn or you go too much in your credit card. But to go over for this reason is, to me, unacceptable for, for America. I agree with you completely. Before we move on, let's take a quick break. Back in a second. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary, indulges your senses, and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the Natural Hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I want to switch uh, gears a little bit because there's something really big going on in the news. Baseball's decision to move its all-star game from Atlanta due to the backlash against the law. As a former sports commentator, you know, I, I, I got some thoughts uh, about what you may think because I've, I've read some of your stuff. But 
How ridiculous could this actually be when 69% of African-Americans support voter ID, 75% of Americans support voter ID, these 200 companies that say that this is racist? Well, what do you think, John? I think it's ridiculous. I think you just took a $100 million investment from the black community and and put it over somewhere else where there's not a lot of black folks in, in Colorado. There's not a lot of black folks in Denver, Colorado. So wokeness is a new shot in the face because you're taking economic power away from a community that needs it. To see Jim Crow and how ugly it is part of America's past. No one ducks it. Terrible. Don't ever justify it, please. I don't know anybody that does. If they do, they're probably whispering it somewhere in some back alley. I, I never hear it. But to say that this is Jim Crow on steroids, you're, now you're saying it's worse. So you're saying seg- uh, segregated life, seg- segregated uh, neighborhoods from 1870 on down, where if you want to vote, you better pay some money. When you want to vote, you better take a literacy test. When you want to vote, you could have your life threatened or you could actually lose your life to vote. So people, uh, minority communities weren't even doing it. To compare this law and these these measures to that is so beyond logical, practical, and, and accurate, I can't put into words. So Georgia does this openly. They're happy about it. They push back on Trump, and they made some changes. And they say, well, you're trying to rule out, before it's even done, Stacey Abrams comes out and says, I want to say that this is... Jim Crow 2.0. Wow, is that insulting. Number two. Number two is, what don't you like about it? Just tell me what you don't like about it. Just go to bat on these measures. You're very popular. You have a lot of power. Tell us what you don't like. So as you look at these measures and read this bill, and then you hear what they explain on almost each one of them, it makes total sense to me. What I'm saying is, and I believe if you put, from what I know of uh, the Georgia officials, I only know them from television and radio, but if you gave them a lie detector test and said, do you want everyone to vote accurately and fairly? The answer is yes. What they're guarding against is fraud. They're not guarding against people voting. What they're doing in Texas, they're not saying minorities stay home. There is a sense that they've lost control of the process on the unsolicited, no-excuse balloting. They, these ballots are in apartment buildings where people haven't lived in four years. They're in licenses when people right. leave, when they leave college. There obviously there are dress changes. If they didn't request a ballot, the ballots will just sit in that dorm room, in that building, in a house that doesn't belong. And people might pick it up, fill it out, send it in. What do I have to lose? I hate Trump. I love Trump. I love Ron DeSantis. I love Stacey Abrams. I'm going to vote for Brian Kemp. That doesn't make anybody feel good about the election process. So expanded hours, they're seven to seven. They've always been seven to seven. When it comes to uh, mailing in a ballot, no excuse balloting is new. Great. So you don't have to tell, say you could be in town. It doesn't matter. But they just want to have an idea on this. As you just mentioned, 77% of the country is for it. 82% of non-whites, 77% of African-Americans. Wow. Okay. So they want ID. But know what they're saying? Don't worry about the signature verification. So that was controversial last time. They said, let's just throw it out. Now, did Brian Kemp do a good job explaining that? No. They are able to say no water on the line. But for the president to come out and say that's sick is, to me, something that Trump would be raked over the coals for saying that's irresponsible. It is irresponsible. Do you get the feeling that black folks are continuously being exploited, not just by the Democratic Party, but the, the mainstream media as well? It just seems like everything is a narrative. 
and beyond just what the political aspects of our of it is black folks end up in being dis disenfranchised or marginalized some way and that's by virtue of these the mlb taking the game out of atlanta yeah you lost a hundred million dollars in your community businesses that needed it especially after a year with COVID. Can i also bring up that they're going to honor hank aaron uh in atlanta a year they died uh you know celebrating he is the true home run king in my mind that they're not going to do that in colorado if they do no one's going to care or not enough not as much as atlanta i want to say a couple of things I, I don't want to, I think this stereotyping I thought was a problem. Why am I stereotyping on immigration that it hurts blacks or minorities? Isn't it a stereotype to think that all uh, African-Americans or minor, the minority communities are working class or at the bottom rung? I don't think that way. But people just say, if you let the illegal immigrants in, it's going to hurt minorities. No, I don't know. I mean, does it hurt the CEO of uh, founder of BET? No, it doesn't. I don't I'm, like that to me is a generalization that should not be acceptable. And number two is why is it acceptable to believe? Why is it conventional thought to believe that minorities don't have IDs? I, I think that's an insult. What do you think black folks can do the, to kind of stop this? And I'm, I'm kind of reminded of someone who uh, Booker T. Washington, and I've been reading his uh, Up From Slavery, his book Up From Slavery and seeing how he was just one of the greatest intellectuals of that time african-americans respected him white folks respected him and his idea was if we can just secure the right education and economic freedom we can be quote co-equals in, in this country and black folks if i look at black women specifically they're one of the most educated groups period you see a lot of black ceos now you see a lot of folks in senior positions but yet and still the same issues of uh the early 1970s 1980s 19 early 2000s people are still there's still a sense of a fight and uh black folks not being equal with whites or there's injustices and i know that there are injustices we see that but some of this stuff is being used as a political weapon it's not all totally true just like the georgia law what do you think folks can do to sound the alarm and say stop marginalizing us stop saying that we're basically so stupid that we oh, can't yeah. uh, get an ID, we can't afford it. What kind of stuff is this? So much. I remember doing, uh, talking about um, slavery and the, uh, the original sin and George W. Bush talking about that and the horror of it. Nobody ever, uh, no pun intended, but whitewashed it, ever. Uh, no one ever talked about saying that Reconstruction went smooth, ever. Uh, when I read Booker T. Washington's Up From Slavery. One of the best books I've ever read, the story, I love the fact that it's not his biography, it's his autobiography. It was his words exactly. So what he found out is, yeah, people, you know, people were brought up and they just assumed that a certain color of skin made you a smarter or better. And then the people started realizing that's washing away because there was a sense that if you do not, you know, uh, that whites were smarter than blacks, it was only a matter of education. Booker T. Washington was to, somehow that was instilled in him. He was determined to get that education. And when he did, he studied both cultures. And when he built the Tuskegee School, he watched the orderly way in which uh, white farmers would plant their crops opposed to black farmers. He watched as whites were helpless after slavery because they had absolutely no skills. He actually felt bad for white people because they couldn't do a thing themselves. They couldn't build a house. They couldn't take care of a farm. They couldn't fix anything. Um, and the African-Americans had all the skills, all the trades. So what he said is, we're going to do both. I'm going to teach you to build stuff. And I'm also going to teach you to know stuff. 
So they yeah. were building buildings to build the Tuskegee School. But what he found out is if you could be a benefit to people, that's the, that's the equalizer. And they would make the wagons. There would be transportation back then and just drop it off in the middle of the town and say, hey, this is from the Tuskegee School. And they would become great neighbors. And then little by little, this precondition, preconception of slavery and blacks being better than whites and whites being better than blacks just would fall by the wayside. They'd be people. And that, mm. that we were on our way. And those people who are ignorant would be stepped aside. I'm not going to focus on them. I'm going to keep moving forward. And when I address a right. white audience, I'm going to have the same speech as a black audience. I'm not going to change my message at all. And if my goal was to have a president speak at an all-black school, he made it happen. Got William McKinley to show down and give the commencement address. Everything that was seemed impossible, he made happen in a time in which I still think it's impossible. And he did it in 1870, 1880, right? He did it. Right. I mean, we were making so much progress. And I feel now there's an there's an invisible force forcing us apart. I'm just at a loss for words because it seems as though the energy has definitely dialed up. Uh, we saw what happened with George Floyd last summer, and I, I, everyone knows that it was a tragedy. Uh, you saw Senator Tim Scott come out with the police reform bill, with the, which the Democrats uh, pushed back against because they had their own agenda and they wanted to use it as a wage, wedge issue for the election. But it doesn't appear that things are becoming better, even though the wealth gap is closing when it comes to African-Americans between whites and black. College education is up. It just doesn't seem like there's that is making much of a difference in our country. So you mentioned people are apologizing for white privilege. No, they're apologizing for being white. It's, it's, there's a difference. You know, there, there's there's a distinction there. And it's it's become really awful for people. And I wonder, me as an individual who doesn't have kids, I'm not married or anything like that yet. Like, what kind of country will my kids grow up in if this is what we have right now? And it just seems just overly divided to me. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, overkill. I mean, if there are sections in America that think it's 1858, let's straighten them out. But I really believe most of America uh, respects you as much as you might respect me and might be disrespectful to you as much as disrespectful to me, but not because of the color of your skin and not because of the color of my skin. Some people are like, yeah, the one thing I know for sure is that guy, Brian killed me and I hate him on Fox. I never was cognizant of color. And I think a lot of it has to do with number one, growing up lower middle class, not further closer to lower than middle. Number two is playing soccer. It was such a, you don't understand this probably, but when you play soccer in the 1970s, nobody was playing. And almost everybody was so-called foreigners or minorities. And even when I went to college, I was one of four Americans on my college soccer team. And would you, you never see color. You say, well, I got three Israelis over here. They're going to be good, hardworking midfielders. I got a Greek guy in the back. He's going to be a great sweeper. This guy's from Somalia. You know, he's going to be great foot skills. I don't know about his endurance. And then you got somebody from Jamaica or Tobago, Trinidad, Tobago, are going to tackle in a way that's going to cut you in half. I didn't do that to label people. I just said that's what's going to make a great team. I never saw color. I saw the culture, and I loved it. You know, we had three guys from Tobago. The, all these guys, people I just mentioned, that made up our team over the next four years. We had two guys from Greece, one guy from Colombia. The whole back line was Jamaican. And the other guy was from Huntington, Long Island. The goalie was from Huntington, Long Island. When you play sports, it really gives you an education 
on we're a team, what's it going to take? And that's the way I've always looked at it. And now they're forcing everybody to see black and white. Even that United Airlines story, we're going to now 50% of all new pilots are going to be minorities. And I'm thinking to myself, well, if I'm a minority, I want to be a pilot. I don't want it to be because you made a policy. I want to be the best guy. Right. No, I 100% agree with you on that. We need to pause here for a quick break, but we'll be back in a second. You know, being black growing up like I did on the south side of Chicago, I think a lot of times we were taught to view life through the prism of race because oftentimes they would tell you, listen, you're going to be discriminated against. You're not going to get the best opportunities. You're not going to white people are going to look down on you. These are things that, that are taught. These aren't things that you you just grow up believing. You were born into believing that you weren't going to be the best. These are things that you are taught. And we live in a society and a culture which continues to perpetrate that narrative and say, because of your color, especially if you're black, you're you're going to be insignificant to do these major things that so many other people have done. And it's something that I, I would have thought would have changed by now, but you continue to see it in ways that can be micro. So United Airlines, yeah, it's fine to have diversity, but the most important thing is safety in an airplane. Can you do the job first and foremost? And, and that's... This is where it's become very problematic. Let's say that Gianno Caldwell wants to be a pilot and you apologize and United had opportunity to go in there. And do you want people in that class saying, well, Gianno only got here because it was a quota? No. You wanted to do it. Your grades were great. You know, you got great perception. It's always been your dream. Can I please have my dream back, please? Can you please, you know, I'm just astounded. Uh, about some of the logic here. Democrats now control the federal government. The left controls so many of our most important institutions, the media, academia, Hollywood, increasingly athletes, and now even corporate America. How do you see our culture changing in the coming years as a result of all the leftist control? And what role does Joe Biden play? Terrible. I couldn't be more disappointed. I think, I don't know when people are listening to this, but for him to now uh, put together a 36-person committee to study fattening the courts for him to be uh, writing checks 1.9 trillion dollars essentially bribing people to vote for him and then putting 2.2 trillion in there and pretending it's infrastructure but basically we elected aoc everything that's going on is way to the left and i don't think the country's there yet my worry is they're being bribed they're being bribed with tax dollars tax tax dollars and he's going to get credit for as we come out of the pandemic and vaccines are shot into people's arms, and then we're going to be able just to go back to work. We're not asking to reboot uh, where in 2008 we had to go back and go find what the new banking system will be and find new careers in some situations. But now we're asked just to go back to work, go back to that restaurant, go back to the, uh, that department store, uh, go, back to, go back to your apartment building, uh, and now go back to your workplace. And that's going to put the economy on turbo speed. My big worry is they're going to say that these policies gave us that. And this kind of economy was blown, was coming back. I don't care who was president because of the pandemic. Yeah, and I, I think that he's going to gut defense. That's what I think the legacy is. And a gut defense at a time where China's doing the exact opposite. It's death, it's death to our superpower status. Speaking of China, to pick, pick up on that point, Recently, they threatened the United States if they boycotted the Olympics. They said that it would be a robust Chinese response if uh, the U.S. was to do that. I think Joe Biden kind of kowtowed to that because at first there was at least 
reports that there were conversations with our allies about boycotting because of the human rights abuses in China. Joe Biden is clearly showing weakness to China. Why do you think that is? Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Blinken was the recipient, but did give some back in Alaska. I'm mildly encouraged by him. He talked about the go to the Asian Accord, uh, the Abraham Accords. Um. He did talk about how NATO is paying more than they thought. That's really a tribute to Trump. He's leaving the tariffs in place, which I like. It shows the tariffs did work and all that criticism was all politics. But they are really belligerent to come into arts on our soil and talk to us as if slavery was taking place in our country. They go, you have a huge problem with uh, black America. Uh, they're being slaughtered on a daily basis and equate that to what they're doing with the Muslim Uyghurs as if it's 1870 or 1830, is unbelievable. But it shows you how politics are hurting us internationally. But they, they want to beat us. Our advantage is we have innovation. Our advantage is we need to be challenged. And uh, if you give us a common enemy, we can rally. Hence uh, the Soviets in every way, shape, or form. So we have to get our act together. I want to thank Brian Kilme again for a great interview. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingrich360.com and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. And please sign up for my monthly newsletter at gingrich360 outloud. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor at Gianno Caldwell. And if you're interested in learning more about my story, please pick up a copy of my best-selling book titled Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can Win Back the Americans That Liberalism Failed. Special thanks to our producer, John Cassio, researcher Aaron Klingman, 
and executive producers Debbie Meyer and Speaker New Gingrich, all part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival. Presented by Capital One. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion. Lady A. Riley Green. Ashley McBride. Brothers Osborne. Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.